Welcome to Federal Insights, Cybersecurity. Refresh your approach to detection and response. Sponsored by Cloudera on Federal News Network. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Carolyn Duby. She's Principal Solutions Engineer and Cybersecurity Lead for Cloudera. Good to have you with us, Carolyn. Hey, Tom, how are you? Great to be here. All right. And, you know, this whole idea of where cybersecurity is moving, all roads seem to lead to data. It's either data that's compromised, data you're trying to protect, or data that you gather to understand what's happening in your environment and to understand the cybersecurity threats. And that's what we're going to concentrate on today. And these data sets can be large network logs and Lord knows what else coming from multiple sources that agencies need to evaluate. What do you consider the best practices now for aggregating that data in some cogent fashion so that it's available to understand what happens or what could happen? Um, thanks, Tom. That's a great question. So there are a number of different problems that we face in cybersecurity. The first is that we have a number of point solutions. There are many different solutions that we have in the cyber landscape. Each company or organization has a plethora of security products out there. But the problem is, is that each one is really great at doing what it's good at, but there's no way to get the overall picture of what is going on in all of these different products. And they all have slightly different interfaces. They all present data in a slightly different way. They, you know, you have to do a lot of swivel chairing to find out what you're looking for. So, you know, we really want to be able to bring all of that data into a common location and normalize it into a consistent format so that we can you know, go across all of these different tools and piece together the string of what happened. So that's one problem. Another problem is that we have a lot of data. So we're talking terabytes of data a day. So how do you take all of that data, crunch it up, and then put it into a manageable, scalable platform? And then how do you secure the data? So when you start to put together all of this information about the different formats and all of your network and you start to enrich and you have basically everything in one place, it becomes an area that is would be really great for an attacker to get their hands on, right? Because they could go in and they could find out all of the information about your network. So we wanna make sure that it's secure and that we are keeping it um, you know, with security and governance. All right, so that sounds like some form of data lake, but I think in earlier generations of computing, the idea of gathering all the data in one place was daunting to IT staffs because they didn't wanna to have to build and maintain all of this storage infrastructure that would be needed for something that you really didn't know what the size limit on it might be at the end of the day. So. Sounds like we're talking about a cloud solution, which is something that scales easily, and yet uh, it doesn't require the investment of capital that an organization would otherwise have to make. So there are different ways to attack that problem. One is, you know, there, the platform that we're using is scalable both on premise as well as in the cloud and in a hybrid solution. So, you know, you can have a hybrid solution where you have your your most recent data in a data lake on premise, and then you can push it up to the cloud 
keep a very long context because that is that is a major problem in the cybersecurity defense that we have today. A lot of the tools that we're using, uh, SIM tools, or they're either too, they're not scalable to the point where they can ingest all of the feeds that we need to ingest, but they're also not able to store that long context of data. So if we look at some of the breaches that have been occurring, there, the attacker goes into the network compromises the network and then kind of lurks around kind of you know feeling their way around in the network until it's time for them to take advantage of that exploit and exploit that vulnerability or that you know that intrusion that they've they've put in place so we need to have a long context of data and the tools that we have today are just not scalable enough to hold all of that so you know we have the scalability both on premise and in the cloud or in a hybrid configuration. So the hybrid configuration would kind of give you the best of both worlds. You'll have your hottest, uh, most recent data on premise with really fast access. You put your data, um, your all of your entire context up into the cloud, and then you can spin up elastic resources that you might need to do those kind of bigger. Uh, more infrequent tasks. So if you had a big threat hunting uh, story that you wanted to do, or if you had a large investigation where you needed to look at that data, you're not constantly looking at that very long context of maybe years worth of data, but you do need to be able to have it there and then be able to spin up those elastic resources. So it's almost like a tiered approach into how you keep the data and how available it is in terms of speed and storage. Absolutely. So you might and you might even look at your different your different uh, log, you know your different log types. And some logs you might want to keep around for a really long time. Some logs you might want to keep in an aggregated form rather than keeping you know each particular each particular uh, granular log. You might want to aggregate them. So the platform gives you the flexibility to really decide for yourself how you want to store that data. And that's really important is to have that open platform that gives you the flexibility to, that you need in order to uh, do what your business or your organization requires. In other words, you might have the immediate data that you need almost in a data pond, let's say on premises where it's your highest priority data. And if something happens, you've got the last six hours or the last two days of whatever it is depending on the situation. But then organizations then may want to do long-term research. And what are the trends here? What are we seeing in the logs that might have clued us into this? And then you've got your lake that's off-prem where that data is not needed immediately in a situation where you're under attack, for example. That's right. There's a number of different cases where you would want to be able to have elastic access to that data. So for example, if you're training machine learning models, if you're doing exploration for data science, you need to be able to have all of that information, potentially um, creating derivative work products to really understand that data. Uh, and then the other reason is if you have to do an investigation. So you have to do a really big investigation where you go back and you say, wow, I, am, I don't know how the intruder got into my network. I'm going to go back you know, 12 months, uh, 18 months and see what happened. Um, and then the third area is if you want to do some threat hunting. So you want to say, uh, you know, I want to go back and I want to look at what are the trends in the accesses of my users or 
what is what has the server been doing over the last year or so and how does it compare to others yeah so i can hear now what cios are saying well golly with all of this data lake in the cloud how do i avoid my download of data costs, which are the big bugaboo often in cloud instances. But it sounds like the analytical tools could go to where the data is and return some kind of results. But that doesn't mean you have to download the data in order to do that threat hunting or whatever that long context activity might be. That's right. So when you're looking at cloud, you're also looking at there, there's two issues really in taking data out of the cloud. One is it's less efficient. So you have to basically pull all of that data back and then where do you put it once you get it there? And the second aspect is the cost. So it's usually more cost effective to process the data where it, where it lives. So you spin up some elastic compute doing your machine learning using something like Spark or um, you know, one of the other, one of the other elastic services to, to train your machine learning models or do your uh, your data warehouse to do your data warehousing. And earlier you mentioned keeping all of that data secure regardless of where it's housed. And let's talk a little bit more about what are the, some good strategies for making sure data is secure regardless of where you might ha house it at the moment. That's, that's really a very key aspect of managing this data. We have to have a security and governance strategy for the data. And the reason is, is that this data is critical from, you know, we're making decisions day by day with this data, very critical decisions about the defense of the organization and also legal as well. These are legally, these have legal implications, the decisions that we're making. We might decide to investigate someone, you know, from a legal standpoint based on the data that we're taking in. So it is critical that we have good security and governance. So the other aspect of that is the data privacy of protecting the data from, um, you know, from you know, usernames. If, if we have any specific, once we start to get into logs that are, um, you know, audit logs, we want to make sure that we have all of our user data secured in a proper manner. So we have to know the privacy that we have to comply with. We have to identify the private data that we had that we're collecting and why we're collecting it. And then we have to basically mark it. And the our security and governance layers really help to simplify the security of of this data and the governance of it. So the way that we do that is we separate this task into two different pieces. The first piece is we mark all of the columns and the tables that contain the private data. And that helps us to understand what are we collecting? Why are we collecting it? Where is it? So that's the first step. And the second step is that we create policies based on these markings or metadata. And then what that does is it eases the burden of setting up these policies. So if you didn't have this mapping between the metadata and the policies, you would have a, basically a combinatorial problem, right? You'd have to go in, you'd have to create, recreate the same policies over and over. And when you want to change them, you have to change them over and over. So we simplify this because 
having a complicated permission system itself is a vulnerability, right? It's easy to make a, it's easy to make a mistake. All right, and we're going to return to some more about protecting it and normalizing it after this break. My guest today is Carolyn Doobie. She is a principal solutions engineer and cybersecurity lead at Cloudera. I'm Tom Temin. This is Federal Insights, Cybersecurity Refresh Your Approach to Detection and Response, sponsored by Cloudera here on Federal News Network. Data travels at the speed of light, moving past us in every direction. It's easy to feel overwhelmed in the chaos of it all, but what if you could take it all in, refocus it, filter it, direct it? What would you discover? Something profound? Something beautiful? Something that moves you? The right data moves leaders and organizations to bring their vision to life. Cloudera, data that moves you. Visit cloudera.com slash public sector to learn more. Welcome back to Federal Insights, cybersecurity refresh your approach to detection and response, sponsored by Cloudera here on Federal News Network. My guest today is Carolyn Doobie. She's Principal Solutions Engineer and Cybersecurity Lead at Cloudera, and I'm Tom Temin. And before the break, we were talking about some strategies for securing both the data itself and the privacy information that might be contained therein. Any final thoughts on making sure that your data lake, your data pond, if it's local, and the metadata that's so crucial to all of this stays secure from, from the very hackers you're using it to try to protect against. Sure, just to wrap that up, we wanna make sure that we have good security, good governance. We understand where our data came from, where it is going, uh, that's the lineage. So, and being able to simplify that security and governance. So making it much easier to administer and less error prone. Um, the other thing is to have the, the security and governance work across multiple phases of the, of the development lifecycle and the ingestion lifecycle. So if we have great security and governance, but it only works for one part of the process, um, and then we have to do something else in a different process, that doesn't really simplify uh, what we're doing. So what we wanna be able to do is create a security and governance layer that works across multiple multiple parts of the workflow, as well as across when the data, when the data travels, for example, when we push it up to the cloud, we want to make sure that all of those security and governance policies travel with it. So simplifying, reducing errors, making sure that we have good lineage, we understand, um, and then, you know, making sure that those policies travel with the data so that we're not losing, uh, losing that information. And earlier, you said something that we hear also a lot from many, many federal practitioners, and that is that we've got so many tools to deal with cybersecurity that the, the number of tools, the range of tools itself becomes kind of a challenge. And each of those tools does produce data. That's the purpose of them, of one sort or another. Tell us more about ways to get all of that data so that it's interoperable, that the is there's some sort of normalization that happens to it, I think is the word you used, such that all of the data can be used holistically in your cybersecurity response and your research. This is a, this is a key part of the log ingestion. So when the logs come in, they come in in a plethora of formats. You know, larger organizations they have literally thousands of formats, and even in the same kind of tool class like endpoints or firewalls or IPSs, there are in each organization, 
many different, many different installations and many different versions of those tools. So this is a critical problem. The first key is to identify a schema, a common schema, and to be able to make a transformation and pull out the relevant bits from each of those formats and then put it into the right part of the schema. So what we end up with in the end is a continuous um, and consistent schema so that when I want to go find something, I mean, the whole point of this is so that I can find something, right? So when I want to go find what happened to all of the, the events, you know, what happened to this endpoint, I want to be able to go in and consistently say, okay, find me all the, the events for this source IP and then have it uh, be a consistent field and a consistent, uh, a consistent format. So it's a string. So basically we have to take all of the information, all the logs that are coming in, we have to normalize them into a schema using an ontology, which is really the, the data model underneath. And this is, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very critical part of, of the system. Yeah, so it sounds like then that you are basically stripping away the formatting and getting to the essential data. And I would imagine besides helping your own agency to analyze your data, that would that technique would really help in data sharing so that perhaps, you know, in some nirvana, there's a government wide view of all of the data that could give you talk about a long context that would be about as long as it gets. Absolutely. So if you want to be able to take this data, you want to be able to put it together with other data. You can't just take something in one in one schema and then attach it to another schema because you know you've got a user field. How do you know what the user field is in the other schema? So, it's really important to be able to normalize to that consistent format, especially when you're taking in data. And there are different there are different things that you can do. So, for example, if you have data that's coming in from another agency. You can then have uh, like an ETL process or a, another normalization process to then put it into that common schema. But that's really the secret sauce to putting all, you know, stitching all of the formats together. Because that's where you really get the power is when you can see and compare incidents and occurrences from agency to agency, then you can get a really big picture and a, a complete picture, almost like a mosaic of what it is that is happening from the threat environment. Absolutely. And we find throughout industry from, from enterprise as well as the agencies, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at different, we're looking at different aspects of the same data. So for example, if you start to look at fraud detection or criminal investigations, you look at cyber defenses, there's a lot of commonality between the data that you would look at and the information that you need to extract. So if you're extracting that data and then normalizing it and putting it into a consistent format, your agencies can work, can really work together with a common with a common purpose instead of, you know, one agency looks at the data one way and one agency looks at the data another way. It really helps to unify into that single uh, single view. And we've been talking about data in the use of understanding cyber attacks and cyber occurrences, but very often network configurations, privileges, the way devices are set and devices themselves are worth, you know, five hours of talking about because of the <laughs> proliferation of devices and mobile devices that have been happening. Uh, can this type of platform also enhance 
understanding of making sure that everything is buttoned up correctly in your own environment with respect to say privilege granting and uh, you know the zero trust idea and the configurations of both network devices and and then user end user devices that's that's really a great question tom and it's something that we've been working on here with different different organizations and agencies that we're working with you know how can we take we see a lot in the attacks that are happening um, there are problems with configuration something is missing um, a user has access to something that they shouldn't they're configured improperly so are there there are these kinds of there are these kinds of attacks that are taking advantage of misconfigurations and how can we take the log events that we're getting now and how can we apply some analytics to it to figure out you know, is there something through a hunting process, you know, is there something that's misconfigured here? Do we see a user who has access, who, who's, you know, showing up in an audit log and maybe they shouldn't have access to this, whatever it is they're, they're accessing. So, you know, can we see, or can we, can we look at, analyze the users that have access to certain tools and we have this other, we have this other user which has access to something else which is not not within the norm for their role. So once we start to take in those audit logs and we start to then enrich them with information about the users, with information about their department, about their role, then we can start to make some intelligent decisions about, uh, about looking for things that shouldn't be there. And let's back upstream a little bit here in the time we have left. And you hear the issue of data silos coming up and many agencies begin at this problem from a point of having silos. What's a good initial strategy to break down your silos and start getting those data together so, so that you can uh, normalize it, take away the formatting and all the other good things we talked about? So typically the best way to approach this is one step at a time. So a lot of things in cyber, it's one step at a time and it can be quite a long-term project, but I would say prioritize those, that data that is most important to you. So which data is your organization, your agency going to get the most value out of and then get started that way and then create a prioritized list. And you don't have to boil the ocean, you know, maybe you don't, go in and extract every single field from every single event that you possibly can for, you know, and kind of do a depth first search. Maybe you do like a breadth first approach where you're bringing in the most valuable data, the most valuable information, and then building up your, your, uh, your formats and your intelligence step by step. So I think, I think that's the best way is to prioritize it. All right, I think we've covered it beginning to end. I want to thank today's guest, Carolyn Duby, Principal Solutions Engineer and Cybersecurity Lead at Cloudera. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much, Tom. Great to be here. And I'm Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Cloudera. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for August, sponsored by Cloudera on Federal News Network. Data travels at the speed of light, moving past us in every direction. It's easy to feel overwhelmed in the chaos of it all, but what if you could take it all in, refocus it, filter it, direct it? What would you discover? Something profound? Something beautiful? 
something that moves you? The right data moves leaders and organizations to bring their vision to life. Cloudera, data that moves you. Visit cloudera.com slash public sector to learn more.